0: This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light.
1: Welcome to WSFI 88.5 FM Antioch uh, Catholic Radio. And today we're really thrilled to uh, bring you this show. I'm Mark Kern, and I I will not be... that much involved, but I wanted to start it off by introducing who we will be hearing from. We have Peter Curran. Peter, say hi. Hi, I'm Peter Curran, student from
2: Carmel Catholic. And we have uh, Jimmy Murphy. Hi, I'm Jimmy Murphy. I'm also a student
3: at Carmel Catholic. And we have Peter Murphy. Hi, I'm Peter Murphy, also a student at Carmel Catholic.
1: The Murphy boys are twins, and the common denominator between these three guys is they're all junior football players at Carmel Catholic. And this show, they're going to interview... Their head coach, football coach at Carmel, and it's uh, Jason McKee, uh, played a number of years in the NFL, and this is going to be a pretty exciting interview. Jason's got a great faith story at Faith Walk, and Jason, say hi.
4: How you doing? Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. You know, good to be here with my guys, you know, Pete and the Murphy boys, uh, you know, some of my favorite athletes, student athletes, that is, so it's it's an honor to be here to help them out with the show.
1: So I'm going to duck out of here. Peter Kern, why don't you start it off with a, a couple questions, and then you guys, what I would recommend is that you just let, let it flow, you know, just a conversation. And if you're listening, it's 88.5 FM WSFI Antioch.
0: Okay, for sure, I will. Um, so I'm just going to start off with the first question. So who would you say was the, the best teammate? Overall, just a great guy, teammate, leader you've ever played with
4: and why oh man that's a that's a trick question pete you know uh-huh. it's a lot of guys i don't want to pinpoint necessarily one person uh, a couple guys may get mad but had a lot of great teammates uh was fortunate and blessed to be around a lot of great organizations with a lot of uh great men um you know family men uh men who you know had a strong faith and that resonated throughout our locker room um you know for instance um olin Cruz was was a great leader for us um Thomas Jones was like a brother, a big brother to me. Um, you know, was a great leader. Mutu uh, Muhammad was a great leader. He actually led, you know, many of our Bible studies as well um, in our locker room. So we had a bunch of guys who, you know, had strong faith, and I think that resonated and, and helped us have a lot of success.
0: For sure, for sure. Would you say that um, when your teams had stronger faith, you would win more games and play better overall?
4: Uh, most definitely. Um, you know, we were a family, so it wasn't just like. You know we hung out together we were only together you know at the football facility or during practice or or traveling to to away games or games in general uh, you know we were a family off the field you know our kids grew up together uh, we lived. we were neighbors with each other we lived in the same neighborhoods we uh, celebrated holidays together we went to church together and uh, when you have that bond and that, that sense of, uh, of brotherhood you know it, it breeds success in whatever you do not just football but just in life uh, one of my teammates his, his son is a uh, D.K. Metcalf, you know his father was Terrence sure. Metcalf, um, another one of my favorite uh, my favorite teammates. And you know, seeing seeing his son grow up and being around his son and having that good, you know, family bond just just that that went beyond the locker room enabled our kids to have success. And you see what he's doing in the, in the NFL as well. And and there's a lot of examples of my teammates' kids and the families doing well because of because of our bond, but not just our bond, but our our strong faith in him.
0: For sure, for sure.
2: Uh, did you ever find it like difficult to practice your faith and like ba- like practice your faith while balancing your family life and your like professional career?
4: Um, not necessarily. Uh, I find it when you're you're constantly you know playing during during my playing days when you're on the go all the time and there's such a demand of, of your time. I found it I found it hard to to find time to to commit to read my word and read my scripture and that's something that. You know, I struggle with it at times, you know, staying in the word and, and, and trying to stick to my faith because you you're pulling in so many different directions. but uh, you got so many demands on you, you know, people pulling you here, you got practice here, you've got to be here, you got a game here. So I think the main thing was balancing my time, but mainly just dedicating my time to get in my word and it to continue, to, uh, continue to, to strengthen my faith. For sure. I guess
1: you say your name I ask the
3: question is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, So this is (laughs) Peter Murphy.
4: Uh, (laughs) Like, what's one of the greatest coaches you've had, and like that positively affected you? Uh Oh man, the greatest. I've been around a lot of them, Um, so I think each one of them uh, influenced me and affected me um, in a different way. Uh, You know, the first coach I had was uh, the first coach that really influenced me. I'd say was Bill Parcells. So. You guys are a little young, so you probably Legend, don't know yeah. who Bill Parcells <laughs> is, and, and I know I've mentioned him in <laughs> practice to to a couple of you guys uh, a yeah. lot of times. But uh, you know, he really influenced me, in, in, in and in a, I say a positive way. Now, uh, during that time, I thought it was a negative way. <laughs> uh, he was real tough. He was real strict, real demanding, um, and you know a lot of guys on the team were scared of him. I was a rookie, and I can recall one account to where um, we were in the we were in the steam room and building like guys losing weight trying to lose weight in the steam room he didn't want you in the training room or anything like that so i tried to sneak into the steam room after practice and just so happened you know it was just me in there and and coach barcells walks in i'm like oh boy here we go so he comes in he sits next to me and and you're in the steam room so you you know you're already sweating but i'm extra sweating now because (laughs) bill sits next to me so i'm like here we go what's he gonna say and uh you know at practice he used to yell at me every single day whether i made a good play bad play i could have you know a game where i had you know some good blocks a couple <coughs> catches or whatever you would still yell at me and it would always bring up well you know he would always bring up something negative but what about them two drops you had at practice yesterday <laughs> or what about the missed assignment you had the other day at practice and uh so he comes in the steam room and he sits next to me he says hey hey he goes hey mckee and i'm like hey coach how you doing and i'm already scared because i know i'm not supposed to be in there and he says uh he says you know what you know what i always get on you and i was like no coach i don't <laughs> you know please let me know and he says, because i care and he said because i care and uh, he said, because I care because I see potential. You know, you have the potential to, to play in this league for a long time. You have the character to play in this league a long time. And you have an aura of leadership about you. And, and when he said that, you know, it, it made sense. You know, he said, he also told me, he said, when I don't get on you, that's when you know I don't care. So from that day forward, they really, you know, hit home to me that, you know, he, was, he stayed on me because he cared. And I really respected that about him. And it was a point in time where if he didn't yell at me at practice, then I started worrying because I'm like, oh, boy, he doesn't care about me no more. Mm -hmm. So he was definitely uh, one of the main influences on me. Um, You know, Lovey Smith here in Chicago was a great influence on me as well. Uh, Strong Christian uh, Christian man um, who led our team that way. and, And like I said, our locker room was built that way. And that led to our success. So he had a real positive influence on me as well. So, would you say, uh, this is Peter Curran, by the way? Would you say that you brought some of uh, Parcells'
0: philosophies into your coaching now? Nowadays?
4: Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I took bits and pieces of all the coaches that I, that I had the opportunity to play, to play under and be around. Uh, you know, Bill Parcells was real, was real detail oriented. Um, he was real stern and strict, but at the same time, <coughs> he loved his players, and mm. that's that's what I try to demonstrate. Um, you know, and it goes it goes with the word love and action. You know you 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 show love for your players but it's, it's one thing just to, to tell them you love them but you have to show them you love them through your actions and and you guys know i always try to do to do whatever i can for you and and uh you know my number is always open, my email is always open and i try to accommodate my, my my student athletes in any way i can um because my my goal as a coach is not just to 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 make sure you guys are successful on the football field like i always tell you my goal is to make sure that you know i can be a resource to to make you guys successful in life and and that's what I'm here for
0: for sure um this is Peter Curran again so uh your son right now he's playing high school or er, he's playing college football at NIU right
4: well he, he just transferred so he actually, he's actually at Grand Valley State okay okay no. oh, yeah. uh-huh. so oh yeah go ahead no I'm, I'm fine yeah he's at Grand Valley State <laughs> for sure Valley. Um, it's in uh, Michigan Grand Rapids Michigan yeah so as
0: as high schoolers what steps did you and even your son take to play college football And how can we incorporate those steps into our daily life?
4: Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of just one, you know, putting your faith in Him. You know, I I always say there's there's two things you always got to believe in, and these are words that I live by. You know, one God and two yourself, (laughs) and that's a good recipe for success in that order. You know, and and with my son, it was a matter of you know he he was in your shoes, uh, you know, a few years ago, and you know he had he had goals and dreams that he wanted to accomplish, but they don't come easy. They don't come without faith first and hard work second and you know you got to continue to to try to get better every day and that's you know being a better man in christ but also being a better student being a better athlete you know you want to try to challenge yourself on a daily basis and you know it's you gotta you got to do what others aren't doing and that's how you get ahead and i think when you have that recipe and that mindset of hard working and, and and that determination that you won't fail you can achieve anything and that's what it took for him you know, I, just because I have connections with college coaches and, and things like that, it doesn't mean they're going to give him a scholarship just because mm-hmm. he's my son. He's got to earn that. You know, everything's earned and it's not given. And uh, he knew that, and he went out there, and you know, he prepared hard, he worked hard, he you know, he got good grades. He could have got you know, like an academic scholarship as well. And you know, he he had he was I had the opportunity to, to, to walk on at U first and foremost. Uh, to earn his way on, earn his way on getting a scholarship and then you know having that scholarship and then recently transferring to Grand Valley State for sure uh, This is Jimmy Murphy when I play football
2: It's I guess you could call it like kind of like a religious uh, religious experience like when I'm playing I like feel my relationship with God building through like the trials and stuff I was wondering if you felt that same way and if like through playing through like temple at college and like through the NFL if you like still felt that
4: way most definitely um you know it's been it's been an amazing journey um, it's been a, a testimony in itself for me you know i'm a, a small town military kid you know uh, my father was Air Force for twenty three years uh, we moved every three years, so I lived all over um, you know started in Florida and then from there we moved moved all over the country I mean we lived in California twice, Indiana uh, for a year England for three years, the Philippines for three years uh back to California and then Thankfully back to Florida where I had an opportunity to uh, you know, finish middle school and finish high school. Um, so, so ha- being having moved around and, and, and you know, being faced with, with different uh different uh circumstances and obstacles that I had to overcome, you know, different places we were, there weren't football teams. I remember we, we moved to England and there wasn't no football team and I was a youth, so there wasn't youth football. <laughs> so, you know, I missed like three years of football to where I had to, you know, the kids on that base that we lived at, we made our own football league and you know, just just different things like that was a challenge, but keeping my faith in him and, and knowing what I wanted to achieve, and you know, having having the opportunity to be blessed and to, to to go on and receive a a scholarship to play football in college in the NFL, and and I never took that for granted. You know, before every game, I wrote on my wristband Philippians four thirteen, um, I can do all things through Christ Jesus with strength in me, and I live by that um, by that scripture. And, you know, and and you know, running out of the tunnel at Soldier Field or. You know whether I was back in college. You know I always remembered that. You know that I'm not going to take this for granted. For granted, and and the reason why I'm here is because of him. And you know I never let my relationship stray uh, because it could be taken away from me at any time. And I'm you know I'm blessed to have that opportunity to to, fill, uh, to fulfill my dream. And you know my goal now is to to be able to help others achieve their dream. Uh, all
3: right. This is Peter Murphy. Uh, back to coaching. Uh, is there anything about coaching high school that you were surprised by or you didn't expect?
4: Um, no, nah, nothing's been, well, yeah, COVID actually has been <laughs> surprising, <laughs> should I say? Yeah, I was going to say no, but it, that's been the biggest surprise, yeah, I mean, surprising in a stance of, you know, dealing with, with high school athletes, nothing surprising, because, you know, you get a, a wide variety of, uh, you know, different athletes come from different areas, different backgrounds, you know, different beliefs, so I wasn't surprised by any of that, but, but COVID was definitely surprising, you know, not be, uh, us not being able to you know to to play this this fall right, has been surprising us not be able to to lift in our brand new weight room has been surprising <laughs> you know us not being able to to be around really each other.
1: really the only high, uh, uh, this is, uh, Mark, the only high school in the midwest that doesn't have football is that kind of frustrating when you look around
4: and see who lost the biggest We're back to florida yeah it's been real surprising, you know, to to have all the states playing football around you, and, and <laughs> you're not playing football here. It's been, uh, to say the least, more than more than frustrating. Uh, but for me, it's it's not it's not just it's frustrating for me as a coach. But for me, it's more so frustrating to see the athletes, to see you guys have to go through this. So it's frustrating for me to see the seniors have to lose majority of the year because of this pandemic me as a coach I can't get you guys prepared, you know the way I want to if we have a season you know it's frustrating to not be able to use the brand new weight room that we were blessed with you know that we all been waiting for uh, you know to have you guys get in there and continue to build yourself up so that way you can be successful on the field so I think uh, those are the biggest things that I've been obviously surprised with but more so frustrated with.
0: For sure um, this is Peter Curran again so in every before every game at least for me i wore the same same michael the archangel shirt i think my dad gave me it um, did you have any sort of pregame tradition like that that you like had to wear every game or
4: like you said before you had the yeah.
0: you wrote the same verse on your wrist before every game anything like that
4: yeah it was definitely uh, you know i always wrote that scripture on my right wrist um, you know from day 1 since i could understand scripture that that, mm-hmm. that didn't go uh, that started probably when I was in uh, in middle school, being able to write that scripture and I, that went on through college and also through the pros. I always wrote that, but always... Uh in the back of the end zone you know always you know when we ran out the tunnel before the game I would pray in the back of the end zone just giving thanks you know thanks for opportunity for for just choosing me you know to be here you know even though I wasn't worthy you know of of being here so it was just giving that appreciation giving that that uh, that praise and glory uh, back to him before I started that game so that was definitely a a ritual no matter where we were no matter how cold it was no matter Mm -hmm. what the uh, what the circumstances was I always made sure I, I did that first before every game for sure uh this is jimmy murphy as a coach besides being open like
2: you said what's like the best way you find to like connect with your players or like help build them
4: up yeah you know it's one thing i think as a coach you know um there's a uh there's a motto is is a good coach a good coach can change a game but a great coach can change a life so you know, my thing is to to know my players not just as not just as football players, but as individuals, but as people. And you know, to make myself available for you guys, and to let you guys know that I care about you guys as people and not just football players. So, you know, even if even if you didn't play football, and I was in the hallways at school, and you come up to me, you need help with anything. That's that's me giving back and being a blessing and trying to help you know others whenever I can. So that's, uh, you know, that's something I live by, and, and you know, for me, I think the best way to get through to you guys, I mean, there's so many different ways. Some guys answer text messages, some guys answer emails, some guys answer the phone, but for me, it's just making myself available and letting you guys know that I'm here for you and, and that you can reach out to me with whatever you need, no matter, no matter what it is, and just making you guys feel comfortable with that.
3: Uh, uh, this is Peter Murphy. Uh, how do you think, uh, Carl, was like religious environment has pos-
4: positively affected the team? I th- it has it has a lot. I think it's it's, it's such a unique uh, environment, and that's something that really drew me to to stay at Karma. I think the community is strong, and obviously the re- religious background is it resonates throughout our team, and especially times like this where you know we're faced with so much adversity. You know, the pandemic and not being able to do a lot of things that we want to do. You know, we've got to stick together. And you got to be strong in your faith, and I think you guys have done a great job with that. You know, anything. That we've asked you to do you guys have done it you know even if it's beyond the norm i mean wearing wearing masks at practice over the summer like we did in 90 degree weather you know you guys was able to do that and you know continue to 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 make sure others you know on the team were, were, were wearing their mask as well taking that leadership and and holding yourselves accountable i mean that just shows you know our, our faith but that also shows the maturity and the, uh the, the strength and the bond that our team has
0: for sure, this is Peter Curran, and uh, so just watching uh, the Bears, um, I always noted, I always noticed that Devin Hester was one of the most electric players to ever that I've ever seen play. How electric was he to even on the field? Watching him and playing with him, was he was he the same?
4: Yeah, he, he was amazing, man. He's actually he's a real good friend of mine. We're real close, and that's one of the teammates, like I said, you know, we our families grew up together, you know, vacation together um, pretty much every year until this day. Uh, such such a great human being, you know. A lot of people just see Devin on the field, but but Devin's a man of strong faith off the field, a strong family man, a strong Christian man, and that leads to him having success on the field the way he did, but truly a one-of-a-kind player, as you guys have seen. Um, just amazing. You know, I, I had the opportunity of being you know on that kickoff return team, and and back in the day when we used to have a wedge, they don't have a wedge anymore. I was the middle of back, so I was the wedge captain. So a lot of times, you know, I would look back and, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, I'm probably going to block my guy, but I'm probably going to be watching you run the whole time. So that's <laughs> a lot of times where, you know, he made a lot of us look good or a lot of times, you know, we're blocking our man and actually watching him run at the same time. I mean, he's truly a, a one-of-a-kind player. And, you know, there's a story where uh, I, I can recall, i give you another story. Um, we're in the playoffs, and, you know, uh, most NFL teams, you know, back then only had one fullback on the roster. Currently, a lot of NFL teams have no fullbacks on the roster, mm-hmm. but we were a team that only carried one in, one fullback on the roster, and I was a fullback, and... Uh, You know, I remember our running back coach and our offensive coordinator at the time, which was Ron Turner, uh, he was like, well, you know, McKee, we're going to have to take you off of kickoff return team because if you get hurt, we have no other fullback. We're not going to be able to run our offense. (laughs) And I remember, you know, it was funny because our kickoff return team was so successful um, that, you know, guys were fighting to get on the special teams. Any special teams, I mean, that's how prestigious playing special teams back in the day was for the Bears. Um, our, Our special teams coordinator, Dave Tobe, who is currently the special teams coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, he made that that phase of the game, special teams, like the biggest phase on our team. And that's why we were so successful. So I remember uh, going back, I remember our running back coach, Tim Spencer, said, hey, you know what, we're going to take you off kickoff return. And I remember telling him, I said, hey, you're not going to take me off kickoff return because every time we get out there, Devin takes one back. So you can take me off offense, but do not take (laughs) me off kickoff return. And he looked at me like I was crazy. But that was – you know we, we were so excited to be in that phase of the game because we knew that uh, Devin was special and he was doing special things and we all wanted to be a part of that history. Can I pipe in
1: for one question? Thanks. So just uh, kind of a story. Am I loud enough? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we went to Bears game uh, with my oldest son and he was probably like uh, five six at the time and was a big Bears fan and uh, we sat down for the breakfast, you know, before the the game over at uh, the Hilton, and, and the table we were sitting at was uh, Musi Muhammad, and he told us the story about how he keeps his last name uh, so that it's a witness to when people ask him, thinking he's a uh, Muslim, and so he's able to testify about his faith as a Christian and everything else. Harry Swain was at our table, was great, awesome guy. And... The one guy, um, he had a Bible with him, and there was all these notes in the Bible, and he got up to uh, walk away, and he shook everyone at the table's uh, hand, you know, my hand, and I turned to my, my six-year-old, um, and I said, who was that? And he looked at me like I had to be the most brain-dead person. <laughs> That's Devin Hester.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was Devin, man. That that was Devin. Um, you know, he... Devin's a quiet guy, so he doesn't really he doesn't really speak much, especially if he doesn't know you he's more reserved but uh you know he's always like you said he always had his Bible in hand he, had, he was strong in faith he was always at our um Bible studies and stuff like that and and our um you know he's just he's just an awesome individual
2: this is jimmy murphy who who do you think is like the most humble player you've ever met and uh why do you think it's like important to be humble
4: man i met a who it's it's a wide variety there's a lot of humble guys and there's a lot of guys that aren't humble um it's a good question man i mean definitely. how do you uh, how do you because
2: uh, first finding out that you a former bears like football player would be our like head coach was insane mm-hmm. and then finding out that a bear's player in the super bowl <laughs> jason mckee would be our <laughs> head coach is even crazier <laughs> but you stayed humble like cons- consistently i've never heard you like try and like hold that over anyone that you like you were in the Super Bowl or
4: anything like how do you stay humble um I mean it just it just resonates from from my parents from my upbringing um you know my parents always taught me and my sister to be humble um to always give back you know they always taught us you know life's not about what you have or what you've done um it's about being a blessing to others and and that's what I've lived by you know um my my dad always said hey that you have a you have a start date and you have an expiration date you know you know when that start date was because we know when you were born uh, nobody knows when their expiration date is and you know he said it's about that dash in between your start date and your expiration date what did you do with your life with that dash you know nobody cares how much money you have or what kind of car you drive what kind of clothes you wear it's about that dash how do you affect people you know how do you influence people you know how will people talk about you when you're not here and that's how you leave a legacy so you know my goal has been to to be a blessing to others whenever I can uh, to leave a legacy that way to give back and and like I said, you know through coaching is awesome uh, it's a great way to do that because it's it's if you're a coach you're a teacher, you're a mentor, sometimes you're a father figure for some individuals, and uh you know being able to do that and be a blessing to to my student athletes on a daily basis um is is and, and get an opportunity to to coach the game and teach the game a football game that I love you know it's a win win and that's the biggest blessing that I can that I can uh, give out is, is trying to make sure that my guys are successf- successful.
0: Do you want Um so um So as we're seeing kind of nowadays, the fullback position has been like sort of like revolutionized um, with like new guys like Kyle Jushek who are like catching the ball, doing almost everything on the field. Do you think it will ever go back to the like ground and pound um heavy hitting guys of the uh, of your day and even before that.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh with the NFL offenses are always recycled. So um you know they they go in trends. You know, it was at one point it was when I played it was, you know, ground and pound affirmation you know what I'm saying? We are running the ball, smash mouth football then it went to what everybody's you know running the wildcat remember the wildcat was a trend everybody's running the wildcat taking the quarterback out the running backs taking the snap it's the wildcat offense and then defenses start figuring that out and then it went to spread everybody's running the spread everybody's throwing the ball uh, you know 40 times a game and stuff like that and now you have teams kind of you know doing uh you know more so using you know uh Dual threat quarterbacks now. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, a dual threat quarterback, they didn't want that because they wanted more of a pocket passer. And now everybody wants a dual threat quarterback who can. Put a lot of stress on the defense. You know, if pa- he's not successful in the passing game, well, he could put stress on the defense, being athletic and being able to get out of the pocket and make plays. And like you said, you know, some teams use a fullback and, and some teams don't. But I think I think it'll get back to to smash mouth football. If you look back a couple years ago, uh, the New England Patriots, uh, when they went on that big playoff run, they had a they used a fullback and they ran you know smash mouth football. And the reason they did that is because you know defenses defenses is they're in there. Their their nickel personnel, where they're bringing an extra defensive back, and if you line up, you know, with a fullback, well, that that extra linebacker is really a defensive back. So, you know, New England was a team that that brought their fullback in and took advantage of that matchup.
1: You you played with Thunder and Lightning, right, in uh, New York?
4: Dane and Barber. No, I I didn't play with them. Oh, yeah, I played against them. Yeah, yeah, they were they were amazing guys. Yeah, I played against them. Oh. Uh, this is Jimmy
2: Murphy. One thing I've always wondered, I've asked Coach Knox before, and he kind of was like a little starstruck about it. But um, uh, well, how does it feel having like coaching kids who've like played as you in video games and stuff? Like, cause I remember I played as Coach Knox all the time. I ran like fullback dives all the time, like playing as you, like you and Coach Knox in old Madden games.
4: I mean, it's it's uh it's funny at the same time but it makes you feel old <laughs> it makes you, and I'm older than Coach Knox so it makes me feel real old um, but no it, it's awesome man to uh, like I said just to you know growing up as a kid I played Madden. you know I, I, I played I remember Christmas time, I'd wake up just to see if I got the new Madden game <laughs> when I was young, and, and then to uh, to actually, you know, play it and play as yourself on that on that game. It was surreal. Um, like I said, it was a blessing to, to have that opportunity. But to hear you guys say that, it's it's even funnier. It's like, wow, you know, you know, my student athletes got got to play with me on Madden. So, I mean, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you guys actually use me and you know, <laughs> give me the ball every once in a while. <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember when I told Coach Knox that he was like, "Well, how high was my speed rating?"
4: <laughs> yeah, the Madden rating. Was, man, guys used to sit there and wait for that to come out, and if their rating uh, wasn't what they thought it was, they get really mad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, got, I got to thank John Madden because my rating was always pre- it was always pretty good. I was, you know, I pr- appreciated the ratings, but you know, like the receivers, them guys, they're a little different. So, you know, if their if their speed isn't where it's at, and, and Coach Knox was really fast, so yeah. if his speed wasn't like you know over a ninety-five or whatever it was, you know, those guys would get mad, and and him and Devin would always argue about speeding speed. And <laughs> <laughs> Coach, let me ask you a
1: question. One of the things that I've always said has been pretty easy to root for the Bears as a fan is because they've been high-caliber people. And, you know, Pat McCaskey, the entire McCaskey family are people of strong faith. I think that's why they brought in, like, a Lovey Smith, you know, and, and have uh, and they've shied away from, you know, people that were troublemakers that didn't seem like that uh, they had their head on straight. And so it, it hasn't exactly been a win at all costs. You know, it's win with dignity and what have you. That's more consistent with people of faith. People of faith don't think the end justifies the means. You still have to conduct yourself in a certain way, and you stay within the rules. Um, could you testify to that or, or, or talk about that in terms of the Bears organization and how that affects you now
4: being at a, at a Catholic Christian high school? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a family, obviously it's a family owned and run organization and you know I keep saying family because they really really put a high emphasis on that and you know they're an organization who you know you may be the best player in the draft but if you have bad character they know you're not going to fit in our locker room and uh, we've we, you know and we've had some guys come through our locker room that didn't fit and they weren't there that long and like I said our locker room was so tight you know so close so humble you know nobody placed themselves above anybody I mean we had Brian Hall of Famers in our locker room Brian Erlacher Devin Hester is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Lance Briggs is going to be a Hall of Famer. Those guys conducted themselves on a daily basis that they were on every level. They were on the same level as the guy who was on the practice squad. And they conducted themselves that way. And that's how the Bears organization is. They want to make sure they get the right people, you know, in that building, in the organization that has that That family atmosphere uh, that 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 puts that emphasis on family uh, humility, and uh, you know they want to be successful that way, and I do respect them for that. Even now we have an alumni association with the Bears to where, you know, if you play with the Bears, that they continue to treat you like family. You know, we can go up there, we bring our kids up there to practice. You know, they're sending us. we, We go to the football games. They reach out and check on us, and that just shows you that it's bigger than than football with them. You know, it's about family. It's about being a bear for with life, and that's what they, you know, that's what they uh, hang their hat on. Just yes, one more, just with these guys that you coached them. I've always
1: thought there's a big difference between like a, a Lance Briggs, who's an awesome guy, makes a mistake. Everybody's a sinner, you know. I mean, get over it if, if you've never, you know, had a, a, a night where you had too much to drink or whatever. Right. You. Whereas a Terrell Owens, who like day in and day up, oh, oh, wakes up and he's the same destructive force with regards to a team. Do you see it that way as well? You're going to forgive
4: people's screw-ups. You just don't want to see that, atti- that bad attitude coming back every day. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, people mess up all the time. You know, but it's a matter of did you learn from your mistake, uh, mistake, you know what I'm saying, did you, and then once, not only once you learn from your mistake, did you take what you learned and start applying it? So, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, then you didn't learn, you know, you don't care, you, you know, you're not learning from your mistake, it's not a mistake after that, you know, it's it's who you are, it's, it's what you are, but if you do it one time, maybe even two times, and you learn from your mistake and then you apply that, and then you don't do it again, well then you've learned, and, and that's the thing, you know, people make mistakes, and. You know, like with us, some guys turning in homework, some guys don't. You know, but at the same time, when when we send out, when I when I question the guys about their grades, it's because I care. And if I tell a, you know, tell one of our one of our teammates, hey, you know, I'd rather you not be at practice because I want you to get your math grade up. Well, I'm putting the emphasis on where it needs to be because math is more important than football. You know what I'm saying. That's the hierarchy of how it goes, and I'm a football a football guy first and foremost. But I know what the hierarchy is. It's it's the education over athletics, and you know that's that's um, you know mistakes that happen, and if that if that individual continues not to turn in his math homework, well, that's who he is. He's not trying to get better.
3: Uh, uh, this is Peter Murphy again. Uh, I know we were talking about uh, like players earlier with like Madden and growing up, and do you have any players from you were younger that you really idolized?
4: Yeah, my man, my favorite player of all time was uh, Jerome Bettis. Uh, still is, man. Oh, yeah. that, that guy, like, man, I, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is I used to, uh, when he was at Notre Dame, I used to, uh, my dad was a Florida State fan, so, and I was a Notre Dame fan. Um, so I would, you know, grow up in the yard and pretend I was Jerome Bettis and doing all kinds of stuff. And I wanted to wear a number six jersey because that's what he wore at Notre Dame. And my dad was like, oh, why, do you <laughs> why don't you? Why do you want, you don't want Charlie Ward, uh, you know, jersey. You don't want Ward Dunn's jersey. No, nah, I don't want nothing to do with Florida State. <laughs> you know? But, uh, man, growing up, I idolized him. I wanted to be like him. And uh, the crazy thing is I had opportunity. I met him a, a bunch of times, but that I, the first time I got a chance to meet him, was uh was back in oh five and uh that's the year Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl. Um we had played Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and it was uh it was a winter storm. I mean you couldn't even see the field. The lines on the field were all covered and it was it was it was amazing and we didn't get to play we didn't get to play against each other per se because we're both on offense, but you know, being able to see him play in person like that after after growing up, uh, you know, wanting to be like him and man, he ran all over our defense. I mean, that's the <laughs> clip to where uh, you know you see him run over Brian Urlacher, and I'm sorry, Lack, I know you he gets mad if I bring it up, but that's <laughs> the clip you see where he ran over Brian Urlacher and, and Charles Tillman uh, to score a touchdown and you know, after the game I got the opportunity to go up to him and say, Hey, you know, Mr. Bettis, you know, I, I played fullback because that's what you played in college, and, you know, I always wanted to be you, and that's why I wanted to be a fullback and, you know, having an opportunity to speak to him after the game and hearing how appreciative uh, appreciative he was and uh, the words of advice that he gave me and, you know, got to take a picture with him and you know, actually gave me his phone number and stuff like that. So he's a big mentor for me now, but that's somebody who, who's definitely my favorite player of all time.
0: So going off that kind of, did you ever uh, – because I know I would – one hundred percent. Did you ever get like sort of like starstruck seeing all these like legends, the best football players in the world playing, and you're 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 watching them, even though you're at the same level, you're you're still like admiring the greatness that they're that they're playing at.
4: Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of guys like that. Um, especially my rookie year, um, coming in, and uh, I started off with the Philadelphia Eagles my rookie year. So you know, my first huddle, I was in the huddle with Donovan McNabb, Deuce Staley. Um, a lot of different guys, I mean, I'm going up against that defense, I mean, it's Brian Dawkins there, Troy Vincent, Jeremiah Trotter, I mean, it's it's so many guys on that defense, and I'm in, I'm sitting there in the huddle, and uh, Andy Reid, I mean, I, I, I forgot to mention him as a coach, I um, apologize for that, he was a great coach in his, in himself, but, you know, getting the play call from Andy Reid, and then I'm sitting in the huddle, and Donna McNabb is calling the play. And I'm a rookie, nobody from Temple University. And I'm sitting here looking at Donovan McNabb calling the play, and I'm like just looking at him. I don't even know what the play is. But they call, I'm just staring at him. Like, wow. Deuce Staley's to the right of me. I'm about to block for Deuce Staley. I mean, it, it was an awesome experience, and you know, getting to to be in that huddle with those guys. But then, but then to go on into games and and to play against like guys like Ray Lewis and uh, man, a ton of guys. I, mean, I, I can't even name all of them. Um, all, 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 just whoever we played against, I mean, just, just so many guys from which I can't name them all. It was just a great opportunity to play against, you know, so many of these, these elite athletes on that level who, you know, a lot of guys who are in the Hall of Fame now. Like Brian Dawkins, played with Brian Urlacher, you know, went against him every day in practice. Um, Ray Lewis was one of my teammates uh, my last year in Baltimore. Played against him uh, for years and had an opportunity to play with him uh, my last year play against you know paid manning and you know all, all, all those guys were, were great athletes but not only great athletes but great people so uh,
0: people uh people like to say that like iron sharpens iron so going against those guys every day in practice it was making you a better player would you say would you say that that's true
4: definitely I mean our, our defense uh was so good as you guys know I mean I mean you had Charles Tillman you had Mike Brown um Lance Briggs Brian Urlacher Tommy Harris, Alex Brown, Adewale Ogundele. I mean, all these guys were were at the top of their position, you know, in the in the NFL at that time. Uh, so, the, so against to get an uh, opportunity to go against those guys on a daily basis of practice made us better, you know, as an offense. It made me better as a fullback because I knew that hey, whatever team that we played, I mean, I was going up against the the best two linebackers in the NFL every day. So, having played against them, it made my job easier on game day. For sure.
2: This is Jimmy Murphy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like fullback is kind of an unforgiving position. Did you ever find it difficult to just have to keep blocking, keep blocking,
4: or anything like that? Um, not at all. I actually loved it because I, I'm a person who, I, I don't like to be in the limelight. I like to be in the background. You know, some people like the spotlight. <laughs> I like the backlight. I don't like to be you know, in the limelight or anything like that. Um, it is an unforgiving position. It's a... Uh, a selfless position, um, but that's who I am as a person, and I think that's why, you know, me playing that position it fits my personality because one, you do all the dirty work, uh, but you don't get none of the glory. Uh, but it, and necessarily in the newspaper and the media doesn't glorify that position. But the main thing I can say that uh, that is my teammates uh, definitely appreciated you know what I did. Um, all the running backs I played for appreciated appreciated what I did. I'm have you know a lot of guys I played with to this day. They'll say, "Hey man, thank you for everything that you did, your sacrifice that you did, so that way, you know I could be successful on the field." So um, as long as my team appreciated what I was doing, then I didn't I didn't really care what the outside world uh, thought of you know the position.
3: Uh, this is Peter Murphy. Uh, uh, so was it for the, sorry. Uh, so uh, I understand you guys said like a prayer at the end of every game. Like, what was that like?
4: It was, it was good. I mean, the whole team came up, and we just, you know, we said the Lord's Prayer, and everybody joins hands. And, I mean, you see that uh, to this day, you know, not just our team, but uh, the beauty of it is is both teams. So, you know, you go into the game, and, you know, you're, you're trying to knock each other's heads off, and at the game, you know, you're, you're 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 one team, you know, one team holding hands for the greater glory of the man upstairs. And, you know, we say the Lord's Prayer and, and thank him for, you know, for giving us the opportunity to play, giving him thanks for, you know, allowing minimal injuries, and uh, you know it was awesome. So we were able to do that after every game.
0: Did you ever have any doubts as a player?
4: Um, yeah, it was tough. You know, my rookie year, um, you know, going into going into training camp, and you know, it was twice as hard as it was in college. You know, I, I I'd had doubts. I was like, man, I don't, how am I gonna? You know, this is my lifelong dream, but man, am I really cut out to do this? You know, we <laughs> I remember we had our first practice in pads, and. Uh, you know, it's a lot different because it's it's one thing that you're playing college football and you're being hit by college players, but then you're playing NFL football and, <laughs> and you're playing as grown men. You know, at that time, I probably was about, I don't know, I, yeah, I was maybe 21, 22, and I'm going against, you know, guys who are 29, 30, who's trying to feed their families who've been playing in the league for a long time, so... You know, after after our first padded practice, I can remember saying, "Man, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna last, and <laughs> yeah. we got to come back and do this tomorrow." <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to set out for about two weeks before I, you know, have to go and hit somebody again. So I had doubts like that, uh, but but like I said, I've I've been blessed to be surrounded by individuals who helped me along the way. Uh, you know, my rookie year, Deuce Staley was was an awesome uh, was an awesome mentor uh some guys you probably don't know Dorsey Levins was an awesome mentor Brian Mitchell was an awesome mentor and these were all guys in our running back room Donovan McNabb was an awesome mentor which really helped me they taught me what it took to succeed in the NFL but also to be a pro and I think without having them guys I probably wouldn't last lasted as long
2: this is Jimmy Murphy what was the culture like switching from college to uh NFL and then I you went to Temple
4: right yep what was that like yeah so so I'll start with Temple first Temple is uh it's a, it's a university who, who is not necessarily one of the perennial powerhouses, you know, in college football, uh, but it's a, it's a great it's a great university of academic excellence first and foremost, and then you know a good university in sports, and you know it was great for me to go there because they prepare you for life, and a lot of things that, that I take with me and, and, and give to you guys are things that I learned at Temple, you know we had, we had great coaches who you know cared about us, cared about us as people. And they want to su- succeed in life, and I think that went a long way. And we have a model called Temple Tough, and that's being tough through whatever whatever adversity that you face, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's on the field. You know, you're going to be Temple Tough. You're going to be tough enough and have that mindset to to push through whatever challenge uh, faces your way. And uh, that really that really uh, helped me when I went to the NFL because in the NFL you go from you know college. It's more of it's. It's a game. It's not really. A, it's not a job. It's a game. You go to the NFL, where it's a job. So, you know, you're being evaluated on everything you do. Everything you do, whether you're in meetings, how you act in meetings, your demeanor, whether you're taking notes in meetings, how you practice. Uh, obviously, the games. Everything's in a constant evaluation. They evaluate everything you do, and you know you've got to be at the top of your game each and every day. <laughs> Otherwise, you get replaced. So it was a matter of, uh, you know, growing up quick, maturing quick, but I also say having that, that template of mindset that was still instilled in me in college and, and bringing that to NFL, in the NFL, but also, you know, making that, making that stronger. And that's where your faith comes about as well. Uh, you know, having, you know, continuing to to have strong faith and, and continue to pray each and every each and every night and making time, like I said when we first started this interview, to to get in my word and stuff like that and just to give me the strength to to make it throughout the day. Because there's there's some days where hey, you know what? Regardless of how you feel and where you're at, you, you're not gonna wanna go to practice. But at the same time I can't go out there and show that I don't wanna practice or don't be here. I gotta be on top of my game because I can be replaced because it is a job when you get to that level. It's not just it's it's not just a game anymore.
3: So, would you say, uh, in terms of culture of locker room, uh, when you go from place to place, you move teams. Is there ever hard? Is it ever difficult to make a shift for the culture? Is it? Does it always tend to be smooth?
4: No, it's definitely. Every locker room is different. You know, you have. uh, I mean, every locker room is different. Um, You know, in terms of me, uh, my first locker room in Philadelphia was. It was a locker room led by a lot of veterans. So, you know, that locker room had strong beliefs. Uh, They didn't let, let a lot of things slide. Uh, whereas, you know, I can say my first year in Chicago, you know, our locker room was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was just, it was just chaos. I mean, people were doing what they wanted to do. You had cliques of people hanging out. You had the veterans and you had the rookies hanging out, hanging out together. You had the, the uh, you know, the guys who were in their third, fourth year hanging out together. It wasn't no close-knit group there. And I think that's why, you know, the first few years in Chicago, we weren't successful because we didn't have that brotherhood. We didn't have a strong locker room. And then uh, Lovey came in, and, and he brought about, you know, morals and principles that he was that he was going to stand by, and those were the type of guys that he was going to bring into our locker room, and our locker room became stronger, uh, stronger in faith, stronger, you know, with each other, and that led to a, uh, translated to success on the field.
1: Yeah, Lovey was an awesome guy, and it, uh, Peter Murphy just asked a great question, Peter. Um, Mark Curran here, and who was who's the, remember when we went to the, um, I, I took the boys to the, Bears uh every year is when i was sheriff of lake county we'd get the chiefs and we'd go over there for a lunch and you know, what was the running back did you were was it jordan howard
0: might have been yeah
1: yeah i think it was jordan when
0: howard.
1: was it when was it um a while back he was he was over a thousand yards every year yeah. i think so brian mccaskey's speaking and um he's talking and he says he'll take questions and my son Peter who's here was probably six at the time and he raises his hand and he says uh, maybe seven somewhere in that ballpark and says uh, and he calls on him Brian calls on him and he says and Peter's question is are you going to sign Jordan Howard (laughs) (laughs) and Brian you know doesn't really answer it and he takes another question and then uh, he sees Peter's got his hand up again and he looks over at Peter and he goes he goes, okay, I'll call on you again as long as it's not about Jordan Howard, or <laughs> Jordan Howard again. And he goes, well, kind of. <laughs> and uh, he, he says, do you want to sign Jordan Howard? <laughs> <laughs> <out?" laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. so we were walking out, and Tom Dillon, the head of security, says to my son Peter, he says, uh, he says, when Howard gets his contract signed, I'll tell him that he owes you something. <laughs> so <laughs> <That's awesome>. so <laughs> yeah. my question is, um, you know, I think a lot of times he's agents destroy things, and in discerning who's a good agent, my oldest son want, talks about wanting to potentially be an agent as, a, you know, whether Hollywood or what have you is in law school. Um, t- could you talk about, you know, having somebody of faith and somebody that, that uh, is not necessarily a total bomb thrower, but wants to work towards what's, you know, in the best interest of all?
4: Yeah, that's a, man, that's a great question. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of agents, I mean, it's funny, you you look at it like this, guys. You're a uh, you're an athlete, right? And, and some athletes, like I said, different backgrounds. So um, you're an athlete. All of a sudden, you know, you go from being in college, you know, go from having the potential of being of playing in NFL. Now you got all these guys who you don't know emailing you, texting you, coming around the facility wanting to be your agent, wanting to be your best friend. Well, they wasn't with you day one. You know, so it's a matter of, like you said, having strong faith and morals and principles of being able to. To decipher, you know, which agent or which individual is there for you and your overall being, and uh, you know, for me, my agent is, was awesome. Was awesome, and and I, you know, I, I met with a lot of bad agents, in which I already knew they were bad. You know, and, and like I said, before those meetings as well, you know, you got you put your faith to the test and you pray, you know, let please show me if, if this is the right person for me. Please show me what's wrong, and you know, show me, show me, bring to light what this individual is about you know and and you know a lot of guys you get taken advantage of because some agents all they care about is you know money yeah they're trying to make money for themselves so they'll put you in any situation that that they it may not be the best situation for you it may not be the best contract for you but they're getting their they're getting their money up front so it doesn't matter <laughs> they don't care about you know your family or you know whether or not you get hurt what well, they care about it. they don't want you to get hurt because if you get hurt then they don't get paid so it, it, that's that's a, that's a great question that you asked. So it's tough finding that individual who's going to be there for you as a person and not just see you as a dollar sign.
1: So, Coach, how many games are we going to play in the spring?
4: <laughs> man, you know, I wish I
1: knew the answer to that, man. Okay, so I then we're going to gonna get, right after now. after the spring, we're <laughs> going to have a fall season right away. You know, I played rugby in college, and we always had a spring and a fall season. So for bodies that young getting hit, uh, you know, and getting a couple of months off is all they need, really, wouldn't you?
4: Definitely. Oh yeah, you got. I mean, the funny thing is, I always tease guys, and I say, "Hey, you know what? You're in high school," and I should tell my son that. I said, "You're in high school. You guys ain't hit nobody." Right. <laughs> right. So, but it makes so I mean, you guys are, got. Are we going to be good? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said. I, what yeah. I tell you guys, Pete, I said, "Hey, this is whose team." I'm not gonna catch one pat one pass, I'm not gonna make one block. Our job as coaches is to put you guys in the best situation to make plays. So well, it's your guys' team.
1: Yeah, well I think they love having you at Carmel. And, you know, you have that personality that, that's uh you're a charismatic guy, you know, and, and really perfect for a head coach. I mean the, oh, you, you, you know, more so than um, than I think anybody we've seen in a long time. So what I would say is you know, from a person of faith, which you are, is it more, Lord, what do you want me to do, or is it, I want to coach here and then I'll coach here and then I'll coach and then I'll be coaching in the Super Bowl, or is it just I- I'm dead to Jason McKee, I'm trying to discern what the Lord wants the person of Jason McKee to do and go.
4: Yeah, it's more of uh you know, I, it's always just putting putting everything in Him. You know, I when I when I first when I first came to Carmel. Um, obviously, I was a running back coach, but I wasn't, I wasn't going to come to Cromwell. I, I was actually, when I met the old head coach, Blake Annan and we were both in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. And a great fin- a friend of mine is Chris Ballard, who is the GM for the Indianapolis Colts. So I went to Indianapolis, and uh, you know, Chris brought me up there to actually be a scout for the Colts. So I was actually thinking about scouting for the Colts because I wanted to, to, get, to, get, I wanted to be around the game of football more. And uh, he's like, man, oh, I would love to have you as a scout. And I had previously, uh, when I first tried, I coached college football down at uh, FIU, Florida International University, and took a little break from from coaching from that. And then you know, Chris saw that and he wanted me to come and be a part of their organization. And I ran into Blake there, who was the head coach here. And I uh, he said, hey, you know, we have a great group of men. It's a great community. And I had known about Cromwell because some of my teammates had kids come through here and they used to come to the games and stuff like that. And uh, you know, just talking with Blake and, and him telling me about Carmel, then me actually, you know, coming to Carmel and actually seeing it for myself and, and seeing you know the great student athletes that we have, uh, you know, made me want to be involved with, with Carmel. And, and and that really and being a coach at Carmel as opposed to being a scout, it fell in line with what I wanted to do and that was be a blessing to others. You know, scouting is one thing you're writing you know good things about people but for the most part you're writing negative things about people you're always writing what they can't do <laughs> you know as opposed to what they can do and, and coaching it's, it's more of me you know being able to to pass down knowledge you know to pass down uh, life lessons and being a resources for our youth which is going to be our future and that's why you know I decided to come to Carmel and not, uh, not be an NFL scout because that did not fall in line with what I believed in. Yes, yes, one more follow-up on that, Coach. So these Murphy boys, they're uh, wrestlers as well, but they are
1: uh, <laughs> they don't get to show their speed in wrestling. So I think that's why they like football the, the best. My Peter Kern over there, he was a uh, a very good basketball player. The varsity basketball coach told me there's no doubt he'd, he'd make varsity basketball team. But he likes football best. All three of these boys like football. And what should they be doing in this last year or so of football and helping to, to discern whether or not they want to play
4: football at the next level or to prepare them themselves for that or would you recommend that? Yeah, I recommend playing all sports. I played multiple sports. I, I play, I tried to play everything that I could. Um, I actually wrestled and that wouldn't be my main sport. I actually wrestled just to keep me in shape for football and actually end up being decent at it. Um, so, like I, like I say, man, and, and the funny thing is college, college coaches and and, uh, college scouts, they love seeing multi-sport athletes because now they know that you're always in a competitive, competitive environment. They know that you're not just sitting around, you know, at the house eating chips and, and playing Fortnite and video games and stuff like that. They know you're always in a competitive environment. And, uh, for you guys, like I always tell you guys, you know, you got to continue to work out and you got to continue to train yourself to be the best version of yourself. So that when you take the field, you know, you can put a good product out there because you know, you're, uh, you know the film don't lie you know your film is your resume so if if you're not preparing yourself off the field to have success on the field then your film's going to tell the truth so you I mean the film is going to tell every coach what you've been doing you know, if, if you're not strong enough, it's going to show you. It's going to show you're going to get overpowered. So, so coach has got to get out of here soon. But we uh, just real quickly, each of you guys
1: ask him uh, one last question, rapid round. You want to ask him who's going to be the starting quarterback or <laughs> what you have you? He, he may pass on your question, but let, let's see. Man, Go ahead. Right, um,
0: <laughs> Peter Curran. What do you think the Bears are going to finish? What record they're going to finish at?
4: Oh, man, I don't know, man. I. <laughs> Six Seven right now. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I hope they. I don't know. I hope they finish with nine and seven. Nine would and that would that be three wins playoffs, to finish yeah. it off? Yeah. Hope so, man. I'm a Super Bears fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing, so. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. uh Have you ever had to like Jimmy choose between? Murphy. Yeah, Jimmy Murphy. Have you ever had to choose between two sports? Like currently, because of COVID, I might have to choose between like wrestling and track. And like, how did you figure out how to do it if you had to?
4: No, I mean. I was lucky enough I didn't have to choose between two sports and I know that's something that you guys may have to do and you know I feel bad for that I don't think you should have to choose especially on a high school level you should you know, have the opportunity to, to play the sport that you want but I know times are different and like I said I feel for you guys it's never happened before so I never personally had to choose between uh, two sports.
3: Uh, Peter Murphy, do you think Nick Foles will take the field again this year?
4: <laughs> uh, I doubt it. I think uh, I think Mitch will be there the rest of the way. Um, you know, I, I, I hope. Hopefully, I don't want him to get hurt or anything like that. But you know, both of those guys are Nick Foles is a, is a guy who's strong in his faith, and uh, you know, uh, Mitch is a real humble guy, good guy. So I root for both of those guys, and I wish them nothing but success. You know, throughout their career. So uh, I'll ask one last
1: question. Once again, the McCaskies were the founders of this radio station. Uh, we love Pat McCaskey; uh, he's a real serious guy. You got a Pat McCaskey story? Um,
4: not, um all the, I mean, all the McCaskeys are Virginia, awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, she she's awesome, man. She's, uh, you know, the funny thing is, uh, away, I'll, I'll talk about Virginia on on the away games. Um, you know, she's when you get on the plane, she's like the first seat on the plane, and she's sitting there. You know uh, smaller older lady obviously she's got all her yeah. about 75 on. pounds yeah, yeah <laughs> she's there and man and she literally shakes everybody's hand and thanks you when you're yeah. getting on the plane I mean that's the owner of the team and yeah. that just shows you that they care about you as people I'm yeah like, I mean I remember my first year there if she does not know me from a can of paint and I'm there she's like hey Jason thank you we love we're glad you're here thank you for being yeah, here. yeah. and and that's all the macaxies man I love all them to death I love the Bears organization uh, obviously it's been great to me but it's it's truly uh, a a family-run organization, and they treat everybody that, that has a, that has the opportunity to, to to wear their uniform that way. Awesome! So we can wrap it up and let Coach go if you guys want. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, you so you. yeah. thank you so
1: much. Yeah, thank you You're guys, man. Right. Thank you, I Coach. Coach, you right? If you want to hit there, <laughs> yeah. Peter so McCrone was telling me about the strength of uh, Coach McKee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What
2: Was yeah. it five fifteen uh, on the
1: bench?
4: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, um, was my senior year in college? I did five seventy five. Oh my! god. Yeah. that's that's uh, incredible. Yeah, that, man. That, hey, I just—it's a lot of it's genetics. So I got to <laughs> three sixty five. No, I'm just saying I got to three sixty
1: five <laughs> in college, and um, you know, I, I I'd say I spent a lot of hours. There was no way I was going to get to, you know, a whole lot. Yeah, more. but you say genetics, uh, but I'll
4: give y'all this one last story that I'm out of here. Yeah. So my father being military, so. You know, hard work, that, too. I'm not n- undermining that. That is hard, yeah, hard yeah, work. Definitely. So, my dad believed in, all right, you know, yeah, did, we, did I get it whooping back in the day? Yeah. But he believed in p- discipl- disciplining me in a military way. So, it was push ups, it was wall sits. So, that just tells you I got strong. Yeah. I got strong yeah. from all the push ups I did. So, that just tells you how much I got in trouble. Yeah, yeah <laughs> awesome. Your
1: dad did right. What an awesome man you are. And thank you so much. God thank bless you. you, guys. you thank you so much, Coach. Coach. All right.
0: See you, Coach.
4: This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.